Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Word Podcast. We continue through our examination of the letter that James wrote. And we're getting into uh, the part that's really interesting. Now, all of it has been up to this point in time, right? Uh, he's encouraging them and speaking some truth into them about some things. <clears throat> of late in the second chapter, it's about not showing partiality, particularly between the rich and the poor. And then he just gave some uh, direct commands to them. You know, hey, don't, don't do this, don't do that. But now he's getting into some things here. <clears throat> Let's just go into the, uh, see the 14th verse of the second chapter says this, what, you, what use is it, my brethren, if someone says that he has faith, but he has not works, can that faith save him? Now we're getting into issues that the, uh, the body of Christ has been questioning and wondering about for a long time. And as a matter of fact, it's caused a division within the body of Christ. <clears throat> Martin Luther, uh, the, the great uh, a Catholic priest, we forget that he was a Catholic priest, who uh, saw in the word that it's by grace that you are saved through faith. He really, really had a hard time with the letter of James. As a matter of fact, he called it the epistle of straw. <laughs> okay. He also had a hard time with some other things. He didn't, wasn't really wild about revelation. And when you go back and read some of his writings and read some of the things, you would actually be shocked uh, he was very much an anti-Semite. Uh, some of his writings could be interpreted as being quite a racist, what we would call racist, though that term is is used in so many ways that it's just incorrect, you know. Um, but anyway, he had a hard time with this letter. Well, and, you know, it's sort of understandable because he had received the understanding that, man, it's by grace that you're saved. It's by grace that you're saved through faith. And coming out of uh, Catholicism the way he was, and he had no intention of coming out. Like I said, he was a Catholic priest. He had no intention of doing this. He didn't come along and wake up one morning and say, well, you know, I think, I, I think I'll start a protest today. He did reach the point where he says, hey, you know, I've got to communicate some things right here. So he wrote these things down, and there turned out to be 95 of them, right? And he nailed them to the, uh, to the wall, uh, to the door at Wittenberg there. But anyway... <clears throat> He had a hard time with this because what is James saying? James is saying this, if you say you have faith, but you have no works, can that faith save him? Now, before we get any further than what we're going to see in James right here, we know what the scripture says in totality. It's not the works that save you. You're not saved by works. You're not saved by doing religious activities. You're not put in right relationship with God. <clears throat> Nobody's going to sit there and look at God and say, well, you know, I've lived life good enough. I think I, I think I deserve to be in your presence for all eternity. No, it doesn't work that way. And when someone sits there and says things like that, which I, I hear, and it's just amazing when I hear this, people say, well, you know, I've, I've, I've lived good enough. I think God will let me into heaven. <laughs> you know, it, it's just you nearly have to chuckle at that. You know, it's so sad. And so works will not do it. But let me tell you something. If you say that you have faith and you have no works, according to what we're going to be seeing here in the scripture, and even what the context is immediately, we've already seen uh, what he's talking about in previous episodes, okay? If you say that, you say you have faith, 
but there's no evidence of the works. In other words, there is no fruit. If there's no fruit, then the question being asked is, can that faith save him? Well, the unanswered, unstated answer is, no, it can't. That is not a faith in the salvation because a faith that will truly save you, a faith that truly believes, will bring forth fruit, will bring forth works, will bring forth a transformed life. And so we don't have works that attain salvation. We don't have works in that way. We have works that come out of the salvation that we have. The works are actually evidence of the salvation. <clears throat> so let me read the 14th verse again, then we'll press on. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? Verse 15. If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, oh, go in peace, be warm, be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Okay, what use is that? And, you know, there's so many examples I could give out of this uh, in the past, the, the near past. Uh, I mean, I don't want to get into much details because I don't want to sound like I'm picking on somebody or anything, but it's just absolutely offensive, some of the things you see, some of the things you heard. I've heard from a pulpit where somebody was speaking that someone had come and spoken of a need within their family. There was a need, okay? And it was actually being uh, chuckled about and laughed about and belittled in front of the entire congregation. And, you know, I'm assuming, okay, I'm assuming that the need was not met because it wasn't the kind of need that we think of as being a need. I'm sorry, I don't want to go into any more detail than that. But I'm sitting there just dumbfounded because it's like, well, did you meet that need? And by the time that the account was recounted, it was pretty obvious that it was just sort of laughed at and the lady was escorted out the door. Well, let me tell you, what, what, kind, of, what kind of faith is that? What kind of thing when it's not meeting what is necessary for the body? This particular instance wasn't exactly what was necessary for the body, but it was close to it. Okay, And it might have been what was necessary for that family and that whole situation to be brought into the kingdom. Who knows? But it was just flippantly laughed off. I mean, it's just it's crazy. And so he's saying, what use is that kind of faith if you're not going to meet the basic necessary needs of the body? <clears throat> then verse 15, he says, even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead. Okay, And so if you have faith and there's no works, and I'm talking about works in several different ways, works of the transforming action of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life personally, if that's not happening, if you say that you have faith, but there's really been no change in your life over a period of time, be it seconds, weeks, months, years, decades, whatever, okay, if there's been no change in that, then that's a, just a dead faith. Okay, if it has no, it's dead being it by itself. You're just saying I have faith, but there's no works. In other words, that faith is not a real faith. So listen to this. Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself, verse 18. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works 
and I'll show you my faith by my works. And boy, don't you know that has set people off <laughs> for the longest time. And it really has. Because what he's saying is this. No, no, no. I have. He's not saying I have worked for my faith. I have worked to attain my faith. I have worked to attain my salvation. No, no. What's being said is this. Oh, you say you have faith, but you have no works. Uh, you know what? My works reveal that my faith is real. I will show you my faith by my works. My faith isn't just something that is spoken and just isn't something that's just said. No, it will be manifest by my works. And I'm not talking about the works of the religious spirit, the works. Oh, I go to this worship service or I give this, I give that. I remember uh, years and years ago, I was at a local restaurant for breakfast and a, a gentleman that I knew know that his social skills are extremely lacking. He had a, a, a traumatic automobile accident years ago. So there's no filter, you know, and he yelled at me across from the restaurant. I said, come here, come here, come here. So I go over to him and he's talking with a group of men. You know, they're gathered around the table for breakfast. He looks at me and says, this guy right here says that he's going to go to heaven because he gave $30,000 last year to his church. I said, well, I'm sure they appreciate that. And the guy said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, I give all sorts of things. And I said, that's great. And my friend says, but I tell him if he hasn't repented and confessed that he's not going to heaven. Isn't that right? And this is loud. I mean, the whole restaurant's hearing it. <laughs> and I looked at my friend, I looked at the other guy and I said, he's absolutely right. If you haven't repented and you haven't confessed, your money is not going to do anything. And the guy gets up there and stared at me. And I looked at my friend. I said, anything else? He went, nope. I turned around and walked off. I let him resume the conversation. <laughs> this guy thought the works of giving money was going to get him in the heaven. And that's the proper faith. It is not. Tell you what, our time's up. We'll resume this and continue on next time, okay? Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you then. Goodbye.